are she her and i'm nick and my pronouns are he him and welcome to season two episode two of tabula rasa bitches we're so glad you're here in tabula rasa bitches your two co-hosts discuss and dissect buffy the vampire slayer a show that bonded them together so many years ago in this episode we'll be discussing season two episode two some assembly required as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but today we'll discuss this episode, spoilers and all. Someone is digging up the corpses of women in Sunnydale, but for what purpose? While the gang investigates, Giles adorably struggles with asking out Jenny, and Angel and Buffy deal with their jealousy after Buffy's sexy dance with Xander last episode. Understandably. Chris and Eric, two science geeks, are overheard saying Cordelia would be perfect for us. Gross. It's re- <laughs> Yeah, super gross. It's revealed Chris and Eric are putting together the perfect woman for Chris's brother, Daryl, who died and was brought back to life by Chris. They have this Frankenstein's bride almost put together and kidnap Cordelia to use her head to finish the job. The gang finds her in time, and as Buffy and Daryl fight, the place is lit on fire. Seeing his, quote, bride go up in flames daryl chooses to be engulfed with it screaming we'll be together always buffy and angel resolve their issues after angel admits he's jealous of xander very mature and buffy says it's not xander she loves dawn approaches so buffy offers to walk angel home they leave the graveyard hand in hand shout out to buffy guide from which this summary was adapted man Allie, i this episode for me has some really nice moments, especially that moment at the end that I can't wait to get to because it's super oh, adorable and just resolves so, so well. Overall, though, this one is not my favorite. It's pretty grody. The villains are pretty villainous. One of them is quite slappable. Very slappable. And the particular issue I take with it is the image rehab that happens about the villains through it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for these villains at all. I'm kind of burying well, of the lead them. here with I don't yeah. feel bad for either of them. I don't feel bad for it. Uh, no, I don't I don't feel bad. But the image rehab really only goes for one and he sort of has some redemption but like absolutely still culpable. See, I actually really liked this episode and maybe it's just they're really hitting their stride season 2. But I found myself, either I'm going to write down every single quote that somebody says, or I'm just going to sit here and watch. I did have to make that choice as well. It did. And then I opted to just write down every single quote. <laughs> I think I did the opposite of what you did. I have so many. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still wrote down a lot of quotes. Yeah. So. so the first thing I noticed was, so they do that intro bit before every episode where they say, in every generation is a chosen one. She alone will face the... And this bit has Giles speaking, which I forgot yeah! happened at this point in the episode. I definitely didn't think of that because I always picture the other dude's voice. And I, I had the same thing written down. Oh, dip. Giles reads the intro now? Yeah, I guess so. He's taken over. And what a great job Anthony Stewart head does, as always. Oh, my God. Love him. What a great voice he has in all aspects. So I start off. So Buffy is in the graveyard opening scene. 
Buffy yo-yos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that too. And the first thought I had was, I am so bad at yo-yoing, but she's, she. I guess you got to keep yourself busy job. somehow, you know? Yeah, Past yeah, the time. No? And it fits in your pocket. It makes sense. It was just like, that was such a silly image. I loved that. I thought it was funny when she says, she has a ton of trig homework. And mm-hmm. I remember I had distractions in school as well, but being a superhero was not one of them. And I also remember struggling in trigonometry enough as it was. So my heart went out to Buffy here, who has homework hanging over her. What area is trig in? Because I don't think I got to trig. So you could do, there was a way to skip from algebra 2 to pre-calc. Or you could go Algebra 2, Trig, Pre-Calc, and that you did the fast-tracked route so you could take calculus in high school, which sounds miserable to me, and I'm not that bright, so I went the other route. So I did take something between Algebra 2 and Pre-Calc, and it was some, like, geometry. You took functions and trigonometry, I think, is what you took. Maybe. Maybe I just didn't remember using trig. I don't know. I was bad at math. I did my math requirements because we only had to do three or whatever or get to a certain level. So I did my math requirements in high school so that by senior year, I didn't have to take math. I was so stupid. I took a math my senior year because the guidance counselors said something like, oh, yeah, you don't have to, but it looks good on college... Colleges don't give a shit. They didn't no. give a shit how how many no. years of math I took. No. They lied I mean, to me. I mean, it kind of made sense for, no, I was going to say, you took some computer science in college, but that wasn't your major. It actually was my major at first, but they made you take, they made, I had to take pre-calc again because they Oof. wanted you to do the Towson version of it. Right. Yeah. So it was really pointless. I was applying for acting degrees, so I was like, no one's going to give a fuck if I took math senior year. <laughs> yeah, so good for I you. Oh, I hate math. <laughs> Anyways. So Angel comes in, again, sneaking up on her, but again, she calls him on it like, hey, don't sneak up on people in the graveyard. <laughs> Fucking rude. She, she says, you don't just sneak up on people in the graveyard. You stomp or yodel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that, like, cartoon version where angel does come and she's like yo lay you how's playing going (laughs) be really funny yeah yeah and so he is very clearly upset with her again you know what understandably and buffy in this episode seems a little miffed that like what am i gonna live this down never never you you were like super manipulative of someone you care about all to piss off somebody else you you fucked up I don't know. I you have, to lay, you have to lay in the bed you made. I found this part immature. When Angel says, so you're here alone? And Buffy is like, yeah, yeah. why? <laughs> and he goes, I just thought you'd have someone with you. Xander or someone. And it's like, dude, dude, you are a man. And you're jealous of a high schooler. I don't have time for this. Yeah, Jealousy is very natural, and let's look at it. You know, he hasn't been in the game for, what, 100 years? 
you know? Even when he was fighting around, not fighting around the world, um, massacring around the world with Darla, I'm sure they did all sorts of stuff with other people, and it wasn't romantic. This is his first relationship with a soul. Because even pre-vampire, it's not like he was having mature relationships. In the, we'll find so out it, later. He but. redeems himself in the end when we learn what the issue really was. But I had the rea- I think that I may just be a little... My tolerance for bullshit from men is not... I don't... Mm, Fair. Fair, but I also, like... I don't know. I just really thought what Buffy did was messed up. I understand where she was coming from. But I don't think you get to get off scot-free. I wrote down Angel's quote. Danced with is a pretty loose term. And then he says something else. And then she says, uh, don't you think you're having you're being a little unfair? No, not really. You don't think she you, you don't think he is. Interesting. I don't. Because, yes, she clearly went through something. But there still has to be that moment where you go, I'm sorry. Like, there has to be that, like, apology. She did. She apologized to everyone. When? She had that whole, I guess she didn't directly apologize to Willow and Zana. We don't know that she didn't. Anyways, I think my whole thing with this is that Buffy can do. Okay, Allie, if you ran over somebody (laughs) (laughs) with your car, I would say. What were they doing in the street? What were they doing in the street? (laughs) I will defend Buffy. Buffy to do, I think that's where I land on this. Yeah. See, and I'm I'm in the other camp of David Boreanaz slash Angel is the one I'm in love with. <laughs> so I will always justify his actions. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 We'll see maybe later this season and I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that cat had it coming. I... <laughs> People are annoying anyways. I don't, right. I don't mind like, them dying. I don't know. That's fine. Oh, he still sent her flowers. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a little that's a little spreading some breadcrumbs for, for the rewatchers yeah. who know what you're talking about. Yeah, and also also I wonder, because he was so secluded for so long, I think maybe he's just unfamiliar with emotions in general. So in a way, he's kind of like a teenager too, being in love for the first time. So Maybe he doesn't quite recognize the jealousy at first either. Well, he's a grown ass man and he should figure it out quickly. We, yeah, I could keep debating with you. No, we could. yeah, we yeah, could. yeah. And, but they, they come together, so it's all fine. You'll defend Angel to the grave and I'll do the same for Buffy. And True. You know. So we have a theme song, uh, theme alert Buffy popping her head out of the grave after she trips in to the, um, to the dig- dug up grave. That ends up in the intro. Theme song alert. I really like she, we see some Buffy brilliance. Ooh, I like that alliteration. Buffy brilliance. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep that. She mm-hmm. notices the body is missing. Well, obviously, it's pretty clear that the body's missing. And Angel says, oh, another vampire has risen tonight. And Buffy sees. She sees mm-hmm. that. No, it was a body that looks like it was dragged through the grass. And I just thought, mm-hmm. Buffy brilliance. Yeah, girl. Yep. Take those context clues. Yeah, man. Detective alert. She's got she's got those smarts. Um, interesting makeup note. I think this is the period where they gave Angel weird makeup. There's a few times, there's like actually it's more specific scenes where it's like they remembered that he's supposed to be dead, so they make him a little pale. And he Ooh. looks just a little bit weird. There's a scene 
I think maybe later this season, where he goes to visit Willow, and he's hella pale, and his lips are a weird color, and you're like, what were you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, that was just a little thing that I Interesting. Noticed. That's insightful. I did not pick up on that. I'll have to go back. Rewatch again. <gasps> <laughs> so this next scene where Buffy and Xander mm-hmm. walk into the library, and they see Giles, who's clearly practicing asking somebody presumably miss calendar out on a date and he gets off flummoxed so cute. and he goes idiot and oh <laughs> it is so cute and man i've been there yeah he's just so flustery <laughs> and it's adorable it is so cute and, and what's also very cute is buffy and xander being merciless yeah. teasing him <laughs> they're so bad they're coaching him and making fun of him yeah yeah, and I can't remember what did Xander say, and then Buffy says to Xander, "I fear you." Oh, 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 oh! Buffy says, "You know, maybe leave out the part where you call her an idiot." And oh, Xander yeah. goes, "I don't know. That kind of turns me on." Oh yeah, and she goes, "I fear you." I fear you. That was yeah. so funny. <laughs> and then another uh, good Buffy. So Giles is like, "Well." Ha- How'd you know? Why Why would you think it's Miss Calendar? And she's like, well, uh, and names all these things. Like, she's the only woman you talk to and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, add it all up and it spells duh. <laughs> it spells duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, really. It's so charming. I like as Buffy is, uh, is as Buffy's coaching him, she's giving mm-hmm. him some lines to say. And at the end, she says, and then you say, how do you feel about Mexican? And Giles goes, about Mexicans? Oh, this almost took a different... Ooh, man. Wouldn't that be funny? You're like, yeah, I have a thing. Maybe you have a thing. Let's do a thing together. How do you feel about Mexicans? Which is, if if your prospective partner's answer to that question isn't satisfactory, then that is a good time to not go on that date. That's true. It is a very quick, easy assessment. Um, Maybe it's not where you want to start. That I feel like that stuff should kind of jumping in pretty quick. Yeah, and just you know, be obvious. Okay, yeah, you don't seem like a big bigot. You're a techno pagan. I think we can skip. How do you feel about other races? Yeah, true. But, yeah, know, we're probably know. pretty we're progressive in that sense. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do I love Mexican so. food. Totally, I do. Actually, I do think just as she says it is a great way to ask somebody out. Keep it simple. I have a thing for you. Maybe you have a thing for me. Let's have a thing and eat mexican i think that's a great i like great efficiency way. i think miss calendar would respond well to it too i mean it's essentially what she says says to him which is just like dramatic irony it's so cute so they're they move on from the asking miss calendar out and buffy is relaying uh well giles to switch the subject off of his love life he says how was hunt how's hunting last night and she mentions the whole like dug up grave and stuff and he goes oh interesting and Buffy says, I know you meant to say gross and disturbing. <laughs> oh, Giles, you are really into this supernatural thing, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, it is interesting. It's not that you want it to happen, but like it is now that it's happening, it is interesting. It is interesting, yeah, and they haven't seen it before. So it is, yeah, just objectively interesting. He has a very British moment here as he asks if the dude rose he says he asks if the guy's last name who's i think his last name is korshak he asks if he showed up on schedule 
which is just a very British way to pronounce that. How do they know who is going to rise for sure? Do they just keep track in the... I really don't know. Are we not going to think too much about it? Excellent point. Maybe they're just like checking obituaries to see people who've died of like extreme blood loss and a neck wound. could see that. But then how would you know that they also drank from the vampire? Because there's that important Yeah, presumably there'd be a lot aspect. more people dying. From... Right, there'd be people... I'm also just imagining this. I check Twitter every morning when I wake up, which is bad for my mental health. I shouldn't do that. I think it would be worse for my mental health to pour over the obituaries every morning. I expect so. Hmm, interesting. Well, we'll just go with it. I don't know. Maybe Giles has the 411 being a watcher. I don't know. Good point. Good point. Good explanation. I like it. There you go. So they decide that they'll have Willow look up some information about the girl whose body was missing, see if they can figure out why someone might be grave robbing. And in the next scene, we we see Willow uh, doing some sign-up thing with the science fair. Yeah. I know that it's the point that Eric is creepy, but when he snaps a picture and then turns around and, and says about, I don't know which girl, he says, look at those legs. Man, you really are. They did well in making you very weird. <laughs> Such a creep. Yeah, this whole opening scene with Eric taking pictures of people and just like leering and just being totally gross. I'm like, and no one's slapping him down. No one's, no teacher is like, hey, put the camera away. Like nothing. Yeah, somebody punch this dude, please. Right. Oh, I mean, considering what guys get away with today in 2022, I guess it's unsurprising that he's just like free roaming Creepsville in the halls. I guess it's not surprising, but ugh. yeah, I hope that I hope he goes to jail or something for what happens in this episode. Retweet. So they're doing signups and Cordelia enters and she's like, oh, I can't believe they're making the science fair mandatory this year. And she says, I don't think anyone should have to do anything educational in school if they don't want to. <laughs> sure, Cordelia. That's that's how education works. That's a great system to live by. Cordelia is another one of those people where I will defend anything she says to the grave. So I am ready to fight for your honor here, Cordelia. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> I just love her project, too. Tomato. A fruit or vegetable. <laughs> like a berry it's something i tried to look it up and it seems like it's very hotly debated on the internet it is so i didn't want to say anything and be controversial but yeah yeah because it's like (laughs) it's got the seeds on the inside like a fruit but like the way it grows is like a veg it grows i don't know yeah it's definitely one of those ones you're like what are you Right. It's like trying to find out what continent Russia's on. It's like, <laughs> uh... So a valid science fair project then, right? We still don't have the answer. It's a good thing to explore. I guess. I don't know what... <laughs> it's a research project. It's not a science fair project. Yeah, that's a good point. There's usually some kind of like experiment or something like that. This isn't an experiment. Yeah, this is a, this is a question of philosophy, not yeah. the question of... yeah. Or uh, definitions or etymology or something like that. Willow's project is highly impressive. Effects of subviolet light spectrum deprivation on the development of fruit flies. Okay, Willow. I'm not surprised at all. But 
That means you have to spend your time looking at flies. And, and working with fruit flies, which I find horrifying. Right. I, I get enough of that in my kitchen. <laughs> so Cordelia walks away and Eric and Chris talk about Cordelia. She's she's perfect for us. And, he's, and Chris is like, what? dude, she's alive. And just poor Cordelia. Always the target. Always the target. Yeah. That just sucks. Right before this, um, I found it funny, the issues that she had with somebody taking her picture without her consent. Eric is taking pictures of her, and she goes, Stop it, what are you doing? We're under fluorescence. <laughs> <laughs> Does not seem like the biggest issue here, but hey, you know. Well, she likes she likes the attention, so the attention's not the problem. She just doesn't want to be depicted poorly. Right, bad I lighting. I look bad under fluorescence, too, so... Everybody looks bad under fluorescence. That's what filters are for. So they're in the library looking for information about the girl who died. They find out her name is Meredith. Um, find out she died in a car crash. And here Cordelia mentions that this is where we get the first mention of Daryl, who died mm-hmm. a few years ago. So the Scoobies are are in the computer looking for information about her and and cordelia is off here doing her own thing and at one point she says hello can we deal with my pain please and giles in the most condescending way goes there 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 (laughs) i had that written too i love this whole moment where she's just like yeah like you said she's off in her own world like oh my gosh why why is this happening and why me and i love that fair point fair point she she clearly i mean we know because we have the omniscient view, but we know that she has cause for concern. Yeah, totally. she does. Uh, this is some trivia I found as I was doing research for the episode. So the, the girls in the car crash who died went to Fondren High, I think is how you pronounce it. But the picture of them in their cheer uniform has the letter J on it. Seems like it could be a little bit of an oversight. Interesting, interesting mm. little detail there. That only you would notice. <laughs> I did. Th- I did have a moment where someone was like, "Who was this? Uh, Meredith, so so and so," and they all like, "No, I don't know where." And it took me a second to go, "Oh, she could. She went to a different school." Because I was like, "If she went to Sunningdale, they should know her. who she was." Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, "Oh yeah, there's there's other schools in the county." <laughs> right. So. Uh, Coming up, we have so now they've decided that they have to go dig up the bodies of the other girls to see if they're missing as well. Um, quite a task, and not the first time they'll be digging up graves to Ain't see that what's, the truth. what's going on. So true. Um, so they're in the graveyard, and the guys are doing the digging, the girls are having girl talk. And what will become quite a famous quote Willow says, Love makes you do the wacky. Yeah, this one appears. Many times in this episode, mm-hmm. there often. there are a lot of good quotes in this scene. I I love this girl talk that Willow and Buffy are having, and the fact mm-hmm. that it's happening in a cemetery is mm-hmm. so funny to me. Some delicious juxtaposition for sure. And this uh this this exchange between Xander and Buffy. Do you have it written down? Uh no, I I have a comment about it though. Okay, okay. Um, Xander goes, this might go faster if you fems actually picked up a shovel and helped out. And Buffy says, sorry, I'm an old-fashioned gal. I was raised to believe that men dig up the corpses and women have the babies. 
<laughs> <laughs> Which is an excellent quote. I love it. It's, it's very tongue-in-cheek. But on a practicality note, uh, how are two more people going to fit in that grave to help? That's a good point. I don't know if it how, would actually be more efficient. How exactly were you thinking that they would that they would help or be helpful? Right. I'm just saying. Right. That would be a very crowded. Right. Too many cooks. Grave. Yeah. Too many cooks. Yeah. Maybe they could take turns or not. No, actually. That's true. They could have. They could have switched off. Xander and Giles, get to it. Quit your bitching. Dig them up. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy's saved you so we many times. We all have our roles on this team. Yeah. And this happens to be yours. <laughs> You know, everyone has to do their part. Right. So they find that, yes, indeed, unfortunately, it has the other body has been dug up. Um, although the other one, they didn't bother to fill back in the hole, and this one they did. So I, some inconsistency here. That's a detail I didn't pick up on. Thank you for saying that. I literally just thought about it because I was like, the other one didn't require digging. Hmm. So clearly we know that, like, shit's going down. We see Cordelia. The next scene, we see Cordelia. She's leaving cheer practice. She's going to her car. Some clearly, someone's like following her. She drops her keys. She tries to run away. But I have. But she before she runs away, she goes hello, and then like tries to go to her car. Don't say hello. Right. Just get get in your fucking car. Yeah. Yeah. But this whole thing could have been prevented if she had a key fob, which I guess they didn't really have those yet. But like, oh, that sucks having to actually fit your key in the thing to turn to open your car and stuff like, oof. That's so funny. I thought of that too. The way, so when she dropped her keys, which also, this was not the time to have Butterfingers of all <laughs> times. I know you're stressed, but man, when she dropped her keys, my adrenaline rushed. And when she got down and she saw the, she saw whoever's feet was there, it turns out to be Angel. Yeah, I, yeah. She had some good thinking, though. Hide in a dumpster. That was... She did. Yeah, know. it was a, it's a very surprising move, move from Cordelia. Um, but it's, it's an effect, it's effective. And yeah, that's a really real fear. Parking lot, late at night, single girl, oof. In Sunnydale, no less. In Sunnydale, yeah. It's, I mean, you're outside of school, it's where you should be safe, but Sunnydale, well, especially Sunnydale High, not a safe place. Right. So my next one was... Angel, can you stop sneaking up on young women? Yeah, come on, dude. Dude. But he says he says she wasn't sure it was her. I don't I don't know if I believe that, but I guess I don't know. When um there was a quote later on in this season, I think. Somebody says, I'm gonna put a bell on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> May not be the worst idea. No, not a not a bad idea. Um, so we move into the library because Cordelia has blown Buffy's cover that she like wasn't hunting tonight. Busted. Busted. Which is like, so are they calling each other at this point? Because she like told him that she was, I'm just thinking, are they meeting up every time they're talking? I don't know. I guess they have each other's phone number. I wasn't sure if I just missed it in the first scene. She doesn't, we don't see Buffy communicate to Angel. I will not be going out tonight, right? This was right. no, yeah, we don't, okay. we don't. That's not something we see. So I guess, yeah, I guess they must be calling each other at this point. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah. I guess. I mean, he has a nice I'll apartment. I assume so. Yeah. So, but the look on Angel's face when Cordelia is like, I don't, I don't know if I can go home. It's, I just still feel so unsafe. Yeah. Cordy playing it up. Like, 
I get it. I get it. And at one point, she rests her head on his shoulder. The whole time she is wrapped around him. Oh, yeah. Get it, girl. And he is very clearly, like, letting it happen to complete this game. But when she's like, could someone, I I don't want to go home alone. And Buffy has these wide eyes, like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And Angel has this deer in the headlights look, like, looking between them. And you can just tell he's torn of, like, Okay, well, I didn't want to take this jealousy thing this far, but also she is in danger, so I don't want to leave her alone and unprotected, and you can just see him kind of like... And also, I don't want Buffy to be alone with Xander. Right, I don't want her to be alone with Xander, so it's just, oh, so many raging emotions, and I don't want to give in and stuff, but that he's just letting himself be led away by Cordelia, which, like, she's a forceful person. What's that meme where the woman is doing really intense calculations? in her head and she (laughs) just see her faces it's totally this i like in this scene um cordelia they've they've just walked buffy and xander have just walked into the library and cordelia goes why are these terrible things always happening to me and xander goes karma (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was great so in the next scene, we see chris with his mom and he says something like mom i'm going out and she's just catatonic and wait right right before that i have a quote yes we do and then i wrote the comment great moment do you remember that yes we do great moment hmm. oh oh i think it's is it we spend a lot of time in graveyards or digging up bodies or something like that hmm. i don't know listeners you can chime in or i'll go rewatch the episode i skipped over one quote that i like buffy says maybe this is getting at what you're saying. Um, Buffy says, so they've established that somebody's taking the bodies, but then they're wondering why the bodies are being chopped up. And Buffy goes, it doesn't make any sense, especially from a time management standpoint. <laughs> True, it's not efficient. No, not at all. Not at all. I do love that. I, You know, if you can be one thing, you should be efficient. <laughs> so we have the next scene with the guys. They're working on their project in their lab. And I just have the... I obviously already made this comment, but ew, could Eric be more slappable? Yeah, that that oh, the way this episode yeah. bastardized the song My Girl. Oh, so rude. Um, in the scene right before this, they are going through the lockers to try and feel to try and get a sense of who they're they're trying to oh, find the suspect. Yes, that's getting to the moment. Yes. Okay, that is the moment. Is that what is mm-hmm. your do you yeah, so they're looking at looking through the lockers. Xander finds in Chris's all the books that, you know, someone who's trying to reanimate a corpse would, would want to be reading. And then they're like, so I guess we don't know what they're doing. And then it pans over to Buffy. She opens oh. the locker and goes, yes, we do. Yeah. And that's such a well-crafted moment. Such a great reveal, the way that the prop is designed. You're like, okay, yeah, they're putting together a woman like it's plain as day. And just like her tone and her delivery of the line, it was just a great moment. That is a great moment. You're right. Yeah, that Eric's locker is fucking creepy, dude, where it's the collage of the Mm -hmm. girl put together. First of all, okay, that's creepy in its own right. It's creepy that he put that up in his locker. He's uh-huh. clearly looking at it a lot. It's like a part of his day-to-day. Ugh. 
gross. Also, and there's no practical purpose for it because it's not like they need, it's not like this collage is going to help in their project. You know, it's not like it's a helpful diagram for what they have to do or where they're attaching things because it's a crude collage. Mm. So it's just your creepy thing that you decided to do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes down, it goes directly to his objectification of like breaking women down to their good parts. Yeah, he's not... If um, no, I don't think anybody's intentions here are great, but there's a sadisticness to Eric mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. This is about objectification, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely some. He's psychopathic not. He's not tendencies. doing something for his brother. He is doing this because he, yeah, wants to put together like. Yeah. Ugh, gross. He does not value human life one bit. He is nasty. So okay, so then Eric bastardizes the song "My Girl." Please don't do that to me. I like that song. Uh, <laughs> the next day, Buffy, Xander, and Willow are waiting for Eric and Chris. This is a gross exchange from Xander to me. Um, they revisit that phrase, "The things we do for love," and mm-hmm. Buffy's like, "Love has nothing to do with this." Yeah. And this is the th- this is the weird part to me xander says maybe not but i'll tell you this people don't fall in love with what's right in front of them people want to dream what they can't have the more unobtainable the more attractive and just maybe not great to identify with the psychopaths in this episode i saw that more him taking a shot at buffy taking advantage of the of yeah, the situation the shade to take a shot behind it's, it yeah oh it's some harsh shade which you know he again has some right to be a little bitter. I'm very conflict averse, so I wouldn't be bringing this stuff up, but I can see where he's still hurt and still bitter about her manipulating him. And Xander will continue to have this theme of seriously, you'd go for the vampire over me. That's how little you like me that you would go for the vampire over me. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's justified because, I mean, I'm sorry. If Angel's standing next to, to Xander, I love Xander. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there's but no contest. There's no there's contest, no, There's no contest. I love you, Xander Harris, but I'm going to go for Angel. I'll figure out night stuff. We'll, <laughs> or we'll, fi- we'll picnic under pavilions. Like, we would figure it out. Yeah. We would find a way. <laughs> Uh, I would probably do a Bella and be like, cool, I'll be a vampire too. Let's put a ring on it. (laughs) But my response to that quote was, A, true. People do often go for the unobtainable or the, wow, they must be great if they can't be easily won. Or like they get off on the drama of it. I get it. And B, oof, bitter. Yeah, yeah, he's pissed, yeah. Yeah, this, um, people don't fall in love with what's right in front of them. I would just say, Xander, maybe do some more reflection about what it is that she doesn't love about you. Maybe, (laughs) maybe being right in front of somebody is not quite enough to, but you are right. What happened last episode was probably deeply hurtful to him. Or do some reflection and say that in the mirror. Yeah. 
and take a look again at your best friend who you keep ignoring mm-hmm. and glossing over mm-hmm. her feelings. Mm-hmm. And the cycle continues. Oh, man. They do have a nice moment at the end of this episode, Willow and Xander. Oh, I'm glad that we <laughs> processed that. Thank you for thinking through that with me, Allie. No problem. It's what I'm here for. Um, so they're continuing this conversation and talking about the guys and what their plans are and stuff and what they're going to do. They're walking into the library and Xander says something. He He does some weird transition and Willow makes a comment on it and xander says do i deconstruct your segues <laughs> oh that's funny oh I, I guess i guess they're not going to the library they're they're continuing walking and they run into giles this moment where uh giles is so giles is waiting for jenny and it's super cute and then the three realize that he's getting ready to ask her out and it's uh it's just wonderful and then he he fumbles it. He fumbles the ask out, and oh, then right, but right before that, so, uh, so yeah, they're kind of kind of teasing him, trying to give him an attaboy, go get him. And Buffy says, "She's a techno pagan, right? Ask her to bless your laptop." Not a horrible idea. It really isn't. Really not. I really know. Not. I thought that was a really cute suggestion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. She, I bet Miss Calendar would love that too. Um, <laughs> and it makes me think of all the like witchy people today. In our technology world, I'm like, I bet there are techno-pagans blessing laptops. Yeah. (laughs) May the porn sites you watch not give your laptop a virus. (laughs) May no one invade your privacy by hacking your camera. May a friend clear out your search history after you die. Exactly. When Jenny ends up asking out Giles instead, I just think it's so it's so cute and then jenny says to him oh yeah we'll go to the game and maybe we'll grab a bite to eat before we go how do you feel about mexican (laughs) oh buffy was right it was it's so cute yeah that was precious and it also feels very on point for their personalities feels on point for her that like she'd be more the aggressor it's kind of where her role she's she's had this whole time yeah Um, it is surprising that that Jenny's into sports. Would not have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. The the school sports thing too. I don't remember. I guess teachers went to Sure. games, football games in high school. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were I mean, I think some of the teachers had like their favorite sports. Like they I remember there was some that like always went to the basketball games. That was their thing. And you know, but yeah, teachers definitely went to the um, went to the games for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Date so, set. Cute. What happens yeah. next? So the next scene, uh, we see the guys in their lab again, and they're saying that they need a head. The tissue de- generate degenerates too quickly, or neuro tissue degenerates too quickly, or whatever. And uh, what's his face? Creepy guy suggests eric. eric yeah so and eric suggests a fresh body so you know what you got to do you got to kill and i gotta say i am with chris murder is a big jump from grave robbing yeah for sure yeah i mean i can see i can see getting yourself to the point where you're justifying well i'm not hurting anybody 
you know, they were already dead. I didn't kill them. I'm just taking advantage now that they are dead. Yeah, yeah, it is an escalation for sure. Um, in this scene too, we see Daryl for the first time, who looks disgusting. Yep. Do we think that Daryl has a soul when he came back? Ooh, interesting question. Wow. Um. Do you, he? It didn't sound like he was this sadistic when he was alive the first time, because people loved him. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but I guess there's also that sort of lose, using ghost logic. Like, I don't know if his soul moved on. If he hadn't been resurrected, maybe he would have been haunting somewhere. Mm. Which mm. your soul is what's left and that's what haunts. So maybe, but you do make a really good point that Maybe, but maybe he was this self-centered. Mm. I wouldn't. Maybe not sadistic. Sadistic out of being self-centered. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah, you're right. He never had to compromise. He always get got what he wanted. So maybe that's fueling the like callousness of I deserve this. I think it's interesting okay. to think about how what loneliness will drive somebody to do. Yeah. And is he really alone or is this self-imposed alone? Is he is he doing it to himself? Cuz Eric says or Chris says something like, "Oh, go out, let people see you." And he says, "No, I couldn't. No, I could not." So I like mean, what will loneliness drive you to do? Yeah. I mean, I can see where he wouldn't expect a warm reception and he'd be right i i agree that staying secluded is not a sustainable option and eventually you should be brave and get out there but i can see where he's like i'm not gonna have a good reception i'm not the hot young thing i used to be uh, he probably wouldn't he would probably it would probably be very much like you know frankenstein's monster which is exactly pretty much what he is yeah so then he is making the choice do i go out and be ridiculed and have people horrified at me or do i kill people and create a mate for me yeah i mean it's like an almost even option honestly (laughs) 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 yeah you know like social pariah murderer but i have a girlfriend Ah! I so as they are so Eric and Daryl are trying to convince Chris that going after somebody fresh is the right thing to do and they eventually decide to go for Cordelia this is where I lose all sympathy for Chris all sympathy because you are I don't care about your brother is asking you oh do it for me I always watched out for you do this for me right you are still making a choice to kill somebody I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, absolutely. I have a note. I have a note later about that. Um, and Eric even says, as he's justifying it, he's like, ah, you know, a life for a life. It's a wash. And he's like, no harm, no foul. Right. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. The incorrect. The, the definition of harm and the definition of foul, several definitions of foul, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't even have to have good logic to get to get Chris to go for it. 
man. I mean, I I guess putting yourself in the shoes of someone who is susceptible to peer pressure. I mean, I can't imagine ever be, ever being talked into that kind of thing. But I also, no offense, Ben Press, I can't imagine loving a sibling so much that I would bring them back to life. Yeah. Love you, bro. I I would find a way to move on that didn't involve grave robbing and reanimating dead tissue and formaldehyde and all that stuff. Like, nah, you're probably just going to stay dead. Yeah, I'll celebrate you. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll miss you. I'll be sad. But would I ever make the jump to, uh, I have to bring him back to life? Probably We're not. We're going to let them rest. Yeah. They worked hard on this earth. This earth sucks, too. I wouldn't curse anybody. <laughs> um, I There was another piece of trivia, and the, the details weren't super clear to me, but it sounded like there was somebody within the show, a writer or producer, there was somebody who was, who was saying the same things we were. They were like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, how do... The giant jump to logic, this marrying of science and magic and where the line is there. And um, Joss Whedon at one point said something like, it's the Hellmouth. It's the Hellmouth. This guy who ordinarily wouldn't think about killing anybody, it turns him into a mad scientist or it. So I think some of the jumps in logic that we're identifying can be attributed to it's the Hellmouth. Yeah, I also think that... There are murderers and stuff who do unspeakable things for the wildest of reasons and justifications. I listen to true crime podcasts and stuff like that. And based on some of the stuff that humans in real life have done and, you know, documented and people make wild jumps that us normal non-murdery people just cannot even fathom so i I don't know it's really not that unbelievable it's really not honestly crazier things have happened oh yikes i don't want to live on this planet anymore (laughs) so in the next scene the gang puts together that chris and evan are probably going to kill somebody pretty soon um oh yeah what did did i say evan why did I say that? That was stupid. I don't know. Chris and Eric are probably going to kill somebody soon. They decide they're going to go to Chris's house to confront them. And as Buffy is leaving the library, Willow says, don't be too hard on Chris. I mean, he's not a vampire. And Buffy goes, no, he's just a ghoul. Yeah, I had that written down too. Could not agree more. Yeah, I mean, vampires have no soul and are usually turned against their will without their consent, whatever. What's his excuse? brotherly love right no not not good enough you're gonna have to do better yeah yeah you got nothing i'm totally on board with with buffy's stance here um and before that so she's doling out roles you know we're gonna go to chris's house you're gonna do this she's a something for giles and giles starts like oh but i uh, like because he has the date and buffy's like okay we'll meet you at the game and you know that was really big of Buffy, because when Buffy had a date, yeah, Giles was not so understanding. Nope. Yeah, What? what is it? Um, he says it's in the first season, and yeah, Buffy's going out with Owen. Yeah, and, and she's Giles like, but, says, but teenage adolescents or post-pubescent 
fun times or whatever she says. And yeah, and Giles does say, he's sassy to her. He's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'll just have them change the prophecy all those right. hundreds of years ago. Yeah, Buffy, I totally miss that, Allie. Buffy was very kind to mm-hmm. Giles here. Yep. Oh, world reversal. Yep, I mean, yeah, proving proving again that uh, Buffy's the smart one and Giles is the doofy watcher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Buffy goes to Chris's house and tries to engage with the mom and it's weird and she goes downstairs and is... I'm going to say, so I said, oof, mom. I'm going to say she wasn't mom of the year before Daryl died. Yeah, probably. The amount that she is fixated, I'm going to say that Chris was seriously neglected, always in the shadow. It doesn't look like dad's in the picture. It just seems like maybe there was, it wasn't a, uh, a large fall for her to go once he died. I don't even know if... Not that that justifies anything. I just... I don't know. That was just a thought I had. The way she's fixating on his... On Daryl's sports ability... She's not... Mm -hmm. She's not looking at pictures of him as a kid. Like, oh, he was so brave. He was so... She's... So it seems... Yeah, I wonder if it was... I don't know the point I'm trying to make here. But... Some kind of vicarious parent thing yeah. with the success of their child, and he was going to be so great. Yeah, and she spits out these stats from the games. Right, right. Yeah, Is and that it was the painful part about your kid being gone. The right, the stat- fact that like right. his success was gone or something like that. Yeah, I that make you make a really good point about what she's choosing to to reminisce over. It's not like these pictures of us yeah. having these good times or it's not the football games in context of everything else about his life it's specifically re-watching his football games yeah just a weird just weird clearly weird not a family good situation man yeah. my family is weird too but not not that weird no nope, not that bad yikes <laughs> Uh, so Buffy goes downstairs and she's checking things out and we see Daryl creep up behind her and Daryl's about to grab Buffy. Mm-hmm. Then there's a sound and Buffy sneaks away just in time and doesn't even know that Daryl was creeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we, we head back to the game. And I have... Oh, oh, I love it. That's, yeah. So Buffy, Buffy heads, heads to the game. She knows that Cordelia is the target. She knows that she's in impending danger. So she's heading towards the locker room and she runs into the other cheerleaders. She's heading for, and she's like, Where, where's Cordelia? And they're like, Cordelia has a game. And then she slams her hand against the yeah. wall to block her path and goes, I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm like, yeah. That <laughs> uh, was so good. Yeah, yeah. Loved that. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a such a badass Buffy moment there. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with me. Say it again. Say it again. Tell me where she is. I so don't have time for you. So it's a good thing she is. She does do that because she needs the answer quick. And when Buffy finds Cordelia, Eric is actively trying to kidnap her. So Buffy kicks his ass, and it's very satisfying. And then Cordelia gets over this really, what what just happened to her really quickly. She says, oh, no, that's the fight song. It's time for the cheerleader pyramid. You don't understand. I'm the apex. Hey, <laughs> she takes her roles seriously. She made a commitment. 
Cordelia Chase does not back down on commitments, you know? She does. She, she's got to be there. She yeah. doesn't want to let other people down. Earlier in the episode, we see her concerned about how their cheers are going to lead people. She takes her job seriously. You're right. It's, she you know, does. in the scope of the world, is it the most important job? But, like, to her, it's important. And you know what? I, you know, there's something, there's something really great about that, I think. I bet she got there in time, too. Yep. I think she, I think she did. I think she almost definitely did. Um... What is this, the, like, fifth time that Buffy's saved Cordelia, not counting the time that she's saved the world and therefore also saved Cordelia? <laughs> yeah, Cordy really has gotten kind of a rough hand at yeah. Sunnydale High. She gets attacked a lot. Yeah, and, and this will, this is a double episode because she has to save her again later. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. True. Oh, man. Oh, poor Cordelia. So after this scene... um. Or I guess in the same scene, Buffy finds Chris, who's lurking, and Buffy is saying, you haven't hurt anyone yet, this is fine, you will you don't have to do this. And Chris goes, he's talking about Daryl, Chris goes, he's all alone, everybody loved him, and now he's all alone. Still feel no sympathy for him whatsoever. I still don't give a shit. Also, he's not all alone, he has two creepy, sadistic people helping him he's not even like he he's incorrect even (laughs) if he were correct i still would have no sympathy for him but you know whatever yeah what can you do i guess that's why they're the villains and eric has this gross quote let's go scare you up a date and i (laughs) had this joke if you say shit like this you might be a future sexual predator what is that from so it, I'm making fun of Jeff Foxworthy, who has the, like, you might be a redneck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you uh, have to prove that you're not going to marry your cousin. You might be a redneck. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you say oh. that if you equate scaring up a date with romance, you might be a sexual predator. You might be a sexual predator. Yeah. Yeah. We just really see it fully crystallized here. Mm-hmm. Eric is a creeper. What what is I had this question down. What is Eric's relationship to Chris and Daryl? Is he just a friend? Just a friend. Yikes. Man, yep. this dude's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's just oh and probably you know, the only friend Chris had for a long time, which is why they're bonded and that stuff. Probably the only person to give Chris attention when everybody was paying attention to Daryl. Oh, good point. Not saying it justifies not saying it justifies anything, just, you know, explaining an explanation. Right. I don't know. I still I love you guys. I I would not kill anybody for you. Fuck that. I I would kill somebody for you with a smile on my face. I would not put a body together for you. Yeah, that's true. I would I would kill for you like like that Taylor Swift song Nobody No Crime. Like <laughs> like if I thought Paul murdered you, I would pay Paul back in kind. But like <laughs> if I was sad that like you died and so I wanted to make a you know, a new husband for you, like Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'll, like, get a tattoo in your memory. Oh, That's probably about it. I would like it to be a a rainbow pug. 
That's very cute. I actually already had an idea because I was saying the one of the only reasons why I would get a tattoo is to commemorate you or something like that. And Aww, I said I would Allie, get. That's really sweet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but what it would be it was on my inner wrist. It would just say "bitch." Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that's even sweeter. Right? I love that. Oh, you bitch. I love you. Yeah. So if you go before me, that's that's when I'll get a tattoo. Great. I'm going to, my spirit is going to be, is going to be around. I'm going to know. <laughs> so we talked about, I'm surprised that Jenny's so into sports. So she and, she and Giles have met up. They're on their date. Um, they're getting their seats at the game. Super cute. And then Willow and Xander crash. They totally crash. Yeah. I love that. And he, so, and Giles tries to get them to go away. Like, oh, maybe you guys should go like closer to the field. And they just like hop the bar and just sit right in front of them and then xander takes giles popcorn and and the uh Rude. the look that giles and jenny share right mm-hmm. before this too jenny has said something about first date and giles goes did you oh, just yeah. say first date and, just, and, and she's like oh you it's that, so huh? charming and then their first date gets crashed and their it's snacks so get flirty. stolen it's adorable <laughs> oh it is really cute so at this point, we see Daryl has decided that he's going to be brave and leave his house. And mm-hmm. he's creeping underneath the bleachers. And he's he's looking out wistfully on the football field. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, Daryl be creeping. He's missing football. I do not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote down a question for you. A little hypothetical scenario. I love these. You're undead. You're stalking around your old haunts that you miss. You're longingly staring. What are you staring at? What are you stalking? Ooh. What am I as obsessed with as Daryl is obsessed with football? I think the only thing I'm as obsessed with are my dogs. I don't think dogs would respond well to somebody who was brought back, who was reanimated in the way that Daryl was. I think there would be something off. With the and smell. They I really don't yeah. think they'd like the smell. Yeah. Yeah, I think... And they'd maybe think, try to eat you. Oh, gross. Yeah, Joey would That's totally me. try to eat me. Yeah, Joey does not feel nearly as loyal to me as I feel to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, what would your old haunt be? Where would you be looking wistfully as if you were there, but you just couldn't participate? Probably something with theater, sneaking into like, you know, the shadowy corner of the balcony or something so I could still watch theater. Stage makeup can do a lot. Stage makeup is not going to make Daryl pretty again. That's the thing. I think I would more go the iZombie route. Where, you know, she just constantly gets tans, she wears wigs to cover up her her white hair that she can't, or like constantly dyeing her hair or something like that. I think I would figure out a situation with makeup. I mean, I I, I already love makeup and wigs and stuff like that. So I think I would figure it out and find a way to to go out. Or I'd be that weird girl who's always dressed like a zombie. And I'd be like, haha, yeah, I'm just like really obsessed with zombies. (laughs) <laughs> and I would just like make it a thing. It would be like my I just thing. like cosplaying. That's what it yeah, is. I'm committed. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, the naked cowboy in Times Square. Like that's just like my thing. And eventually yeah. people would get used to it and I would carve out a niche for myself. Yeah, the naked cowboy does well now and, and people don't question it. Mm-mm. You could do the same, Allie. I'd find a way. Yeah. 
Neat. That was an insightful question. Um, <laughs> so Daryl kidnaps Cordelia when she tries to go get a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next scene where Cordelia is strapped down and it's Daryl and Eric and they're all talking. The mm-hmm. scene is horrifying to me. Yeah, especially because they don't drug her at all. Yep. Uh, which I don't know how you thought you were going to get through this process with her wriggling around. And then the knife that they pull out, I mean, and they bother to sterilize it, which is weird. But I guess you don't want the tissue getting infected or I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you think is going to happen. But I also don't know how you thought you were going to chop off her head with that little knife. I, I don't really. You were asking a logistical question I did not think of. It's a good one, though, to think through. That is where that's where my my brain goes not like how awful and horrible this is i'm like i don't know how you thought you were going to accomplish that task yeah so we cut back to the game and um buffy is still on their tail and she's in those amazing pants she's wearing amazing pants. oh i'm gonna have to go back and look they're fabulous it's like not quite a plaid pattern but they're like this great tealish blue they're fab that's gonna be in our favorite looks Yep, definitely. Definitely earns Social post for the week. Yep, yep. Yes. Okay, fabulous pants. Um, so Chris fesses up where they likely took Cordelia, and then we cut back to the warehouse scene. Um, and this exchange between Daryl and Cordelia is what's especially horrifying to me. Cordelia says, you don't have to do this. We can, we, we'll still be together anyway. I'll be with you, I promise. And Daryl goes, is that right? You see anything you like? When you're finished, you won't go out. You won't run away. He doesn't just want a mate. He wants somebody to be just as unhappy as he is. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. I will give credit where credit is due that he is being very realistic about his situation. That aspect is fair. Yeah. No. (laughs) She's not actually going to stay with him. She's clearly saying that to save her life. And yes, the only way he would get someone to stay with him in his life of recluse is to make someone as as damaged as he is again not saying it's right but uh it's a fair point he's making i think that somebody has to be as damaged i th- I think you're right somebody does have to be as ugly as he is in order for them to be together but not because of his looks because he's a reprehensible person i think you can be i think he thinks that people are going to be repulsed by him i think that if he were a nice guy mm-hmm. that he could find somebody Perfectly. So you think he needs someone? Make a life with. He needs someone as ugly on the inside. I think no. I think if he, if he wasn't so ugly on the inside, mm. he wouldn't need to disfigure somebody in order to get them to mm. stay with him. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't. If he wasn't such a bad person, he wouldn't have to. Yeah. Mess somebody up to trap them together. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Totally. And I agree. Yeah, he, you know, if he he could have played this right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's more idea for our thesis that he might not have a soul anymore. That, yeah, um, that's oh, that such a good question. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Um, Buffy comes in and tries to reason with Daryl. She goes, I know what you're doing. Your brother sent me to stop you. And Cordelia just goes, Buffy, they're crazy. They are. <laughs> Don't try and reason with them. They're nuts. <laughs> I know. Just give him a beat down. Get me out of here. Why are you wasting time? Cordelia Chase and her 
amazing ability to get to the core of a situation. Right, no bullshitting. No bullshitting. Yeah. Uh, this is why we love Cordelia. I think the thesis of this show is going to be that high-key Cordelia is the best character ever. <laughs> she really is. Yeah, we love Cordelia, Chase. Yeah. So through the fighting and stuff, some oil is spilled, a flame is tipped over, the room is set on fire. Xander heroically pushes the cart that Cordelia is on through the flames. They both escape, all good. Um, and Daryl decides that he is going to go go down with this ship. He sees the butt. He somehow now is like, oh, my bride, I can't leave her. And he decides to go down in the flames with her. Whatever. Um, but I have the thought, once we see the fire trucks are there and the ambulances and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I... I'm fascinated to know what line the cops are going to use to explain those two bodies that are left in the fire. <laughs> that is a really good point. Yeah, there's a body there without a head that's stitched together. Mm-hmm. And he's and then... stitched together. The body of a supposedly already dead person that's stitched together. Yikes. Yeah, I would not want to is... be that person. I know the Sunnydale Police Department has seen some things in their time. This is probably weird even for them. Bodies stitched together, multiple Mm -hmm. of them. I'm guessing that information's not going to be released to the public. That's my guess. They're just going to do a classic Sunnydale cover-up, and it's just going to be a fire that happened probably like electrical wiring, and the bodies just aren't even going to be mentioned. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... I have questions about uh, Buffy struggles with Daryl. Yeah. They are, this is a heated fight. So. Yeah, she gets knocked down. And she's pretty, he he does the lift and slams her down. And she's actually pretty dazed, which I, yeah. was, really, I was really surprised with. Because there have been some times where she's like tossed onto a table and the table breaks and she like gets up, which always amazes me when people do that in the movies. I'm like, you're fucking back. Like, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't be getting up. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I was. I was surprised at her struggle with him. Maybe he's got some dead man power or something. When he, I mean, he's clearly still or... got. I mean, you see that he's still muscly and still like taut. Yeah. So I guess he still has his football strength, which I mean, he is a large person. Yeah. So. I don't know. We saw her take on like four vampires last episode. With no I know. And yeah, I think that's a thing for the basement. Yeah, fair, <laughs> enough. Think fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think we can equate those things because, yeah, that's always. Not going to think about it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we have Xander and Willow commiserating about their love lives that, oh, she's always going to go back to Angel. And why are we the ones who are left and everyone's paired off but us? And Cordelia comes up and like, oh, man, thank you for saving my life. If there's anything I can do. And Xander says, uh, uh, I wrote it down. Do you mind? We're talking here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I, I wonder what Willow's feedback is there at the beginning where where he is commiserating and oh everybody's paired off like i wonder how she feels in that moment when she's Mm -hmm. like hello i'm right here right we could be paired off but you play in 
that that is so funny and pretty cute to me when xander's like do you mind we're yeah yeah Uh, and also that that, like kind of classic teenager complaining thing of like no i don't want i don't actually want to solve this problem i'm just looking to bitch just want to complain yeah just want to complain i do that yeah i just want to complain well and you know he hasn't seen the softer side of cordelia you know she probably was going to say something bitchy who knows so the last scene of the episode is buffy and angel walking through the cemetery very nice scene there's Mm -hmm. there's a line here that i very much disagree with buffy says the whole thing was so creepy but at the same time he did do it for his brother we are not going to rehab the image of chris absolutely not nope shut it down it doesn't matter your reasons no yeah yeah i'm I'm with you there i'm with you there but the rest of the scene is really nice between the two of them it's such a mature talk solid move on angel's part he even said he's like i thought about it and i guess i was upset you know, mm-hmm. and I love that. I that's such a, like you said, it's a very mature move to go, to examine yourself because he doesn't. It's not like he says like, yeah, you're right. I was overreacting. No, he he says, yeah, you were right. I was jealous. I, it was just like very mature, and I liked it a lot. And she, on her part, you know, clarifies some stuff of yeah, it's not. And it, it's very cute how they're kind of dancing around love love yeah yeah because yeah. she says it's not him i love or she or and she at, fir- at first she says like well love makes you do the wacky and he's like what and she's like crazy stuff but i got the i got the feeling it's the what wasn't on the clarification of wacky right i feel like he probably knows what that means right yeah yeah She's that like, was kind of not... similar to giles is did you say date yeah i liked how they um when when Angel was saying the issue is is, is Xander, it felt kind of shallow and immature to me, and it mm-hmm. still felt like that a little bit here. He says, he's in your life, he gets to be there when I can't, and I'm like, okay, I guess that makes, yeah, you are in two different worlds, that is probably pretty hard. And then what made me relate to it differently was when he said, um, he gets to see you in sunlight. And it's just, and that to me was like, okay, we are we are at the actual problem here. This is right. a Slayer vampire, di- human vampire dynamic here. That's the problem. Yeah. And then and then Buffy's response back, I really like. She said, "I don't look that good in direct light," which is false. Sarah Michelle Geller looks so, good anywhere. So untrue, but very sweet. But, uh, but very sweet. Response. Yeah. And it does, like you said, the way that he finishes that statement puts the earlier lines in more context because at first it comes out sort of like that classic jealous boyfriend of like well i can't be there with you at work you know Mm -hmm. so you sort of get the feeling of oh so you don't trust me when i'm not around but it is it really does speak to the logistical fact of he can be around you more than i can he can you know that's the majority of the day you know yeah and so, it's a huge part of your life that i cannot engage with, with or yeah. i will die right so it's not just the he's there when i'm not it's the i can't be there i can't even like be creepy and stalk you during that time like i can't so i it was a really sweet moment and definitely an issue that's gonna come back around but i sure you know will. for angel i would figure it out 
Yeah, yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'll just become a night person. All right. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, when they walk away holding hands, it's mm, really sweet. That's so sweet. And he says, you know, she's like, yeah, it's getting late. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I know what's coming, but I sort of read into the her offering to walk him home. Hmm. Kind of like the same way when someone says, like, oh, well, do you want to come in for a nightcap? Like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. We know what's coming. You're thinking yeah. about something else, which, again, who could blame you? Yeah, girl, get totally it. Fair. And then he offers his hand, and she takes it. And it's just this very sweet, them coming together in a very literal way, in a very, like, figurative way. It's very, very sweet. So my closing thoughts on this episode okay there are very sweet moments this end scene between the two of them that's very sweet almost rescues the episode overall for me that's how adorable (laughs) i think it is i don't like i think when we when a tv show gets into themes about misogyny and objectification and some of the themes that we started to explore with this one I feel like you got to tread very carefully. They are real things that are so prevalent in society. So yes, we are going to explore them. But I just think that the bow that was tied up at the end of the episode needed to be clearer that the, the oh, he did it for his brother. No, absolutely not. We needed it to be clearer yeah. that you are absolutely not allowed. You can feel your feelings. You can mm-hmm. grieve. You can want to do things for your loved ones who were there for you, but you do not hurt other people doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely missed, like, a short scene of them being led away by the cops. Yeah, yeah. Even just that, and then, you know, Buffy not saying, well, he did do it for his brother. No, no, no. Not, that doesn't justify it. That doesn't make it okay. I'm I had you. that thought, too. I wonder what... Eric had to have, they they both had to have had criminal justice interactions, right? I mean, grave robbing is still illegal by itself. Yeah. Probably not going to carry the harsher sentence that they deserve, but at a base level, grave robbing is still illegal. Yeah. What are your closing thoughts on the episode? My closing thoughts is I really liked this episode. I, I thought it was really fun. I didn't get quite as irked by the guys. And I agree with you that it would be nice to have a little button on the, like, this was fucked up, and we acknowledge that this is wrong. Uh, but other than that, like, I I really enjoyed this episode. I think it's very interesting and very odd that you're more sensitive to the misogyny than I am. <laughs> very yeah, as a dude, that is, yeah, I don't know. Maybe... You're just a very sweet, sensitive guy. And... Mm. I think I think that we balance each other well because I criticize everything <laughs> that hasn't aged perfectly, and you're like, "Well, it's a TV show." So. <laughs> True. <laughs> it goes True. wide, not deep. Yes. Why exactly. don't you chill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I feel slightly protective too because it's Cordelia, and I'm obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. I do love this episode, if nothing else, just for the fact that it's. It is Cordelia-centric in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm. Always fun. And just like all the cute romance couplings. And... Yeah. But I, yeah. I would like some nice distance from the occurrences of uh, when she was bad so that everyone can just chill a bit down. Yeah. 
okay, shit happened. It's valid that people are upset, but all right, let's let's move on and let's be happy. Yeah, yeah, we're ready. Yeah, we're we're good. Gang's <laughs> back together. Everybody is fine. Yeah, Thanks. it's all good. Yay! Nothing's ever gonna go wrong. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode, and we hope you'll join us next time where we discuss season two, episode three, School Hard. And gang, just buckle up. If you are watching with us for the first time, just wait. This one is so good. I love School Hard so much. Uh, We get a lot of Snyder. Yeah, Some new yeah. characters and come to town. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from the entire series is in this next episode. So <gasps> really? I'm really excited I'm, ex- to I'm excited to listen to that. Then I'm I'm excited to hear what it is because so- nothing comes to mind immediately. So I'm excited. Well, well, I hope that we'll see you then. And if you're just too excited, our dear listeners, to wait until our next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. And you can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at at tabularasabpod. Allie, where can people find you online? People can find me online at daughterpick d-a-u-g-h-t-e-r-p-i-c-k that's instagram and twitter and you can find at future black cat on tiktok and you can throw me some money buymeacoffee.com slash press. life is expensive y'all and i'm not a successful famous actress yet so help me out emphasis on yet i'm gonna Go to your buy me a coffee after we finish recording, Allie. Um, all of those social media handles are in the description. Allie, you are a treasure as always. I hope you make some proud choices. You too, Nicholas. You are a precious gift, and I love you. Make proud choices, everyone. Bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Allie Press and Nick Mercer. With music by Infoton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.